competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet on the planet with your host paul murphy and expert coach nick nanavati Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Art of War. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. I'm joined by Nick Donavati. What's up, what's up everyone? Good to be back. The reason I say very special is because we're going to be talking about Blood Angels with the legendary Stephen Box. Paul, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. I want to let everybody know this is part one of a two-part conversation. You're going to get a little bit more information about that in the middle of the show. And then later as we start to wrap up part one. But Stephen, not only is it a pleasure to speak with you, You've also did really well with Blood Angels in the last few weeks. Yeah, I didn't do too bad. I'm sure you two are going to have so much fun talking about Blood Angels, Paul. (laughs) Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the list. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, maybe some secondaries that you pick. Currently, we know things are going to be switching. This is going to be this kind of like our bridge episode where where we're recording this technically before uh, Grand Tournament Nephilim is out, but we're going to reference the Nephilim pack in the second part of the show and your list works in the secondaries you may pick may change in that episode. And then we're also going to be talking about like some cool stratagems and, you know, ways that you spend your current allocation of command points and a little bit about how it may change in the future. So that's what's going to go down in this episode. And I, I just want to jump into it because as you can tell, I'm pretty excited. Paul, do you know the last time you and I did a podcast was when the Blood Angel Codex came out? This is like, it's like a, it's like we've gone back in time, Paul. It is, and they're doing so well. And I think you know, like this, this, uh, I guess, rule set codex faction has it needs a skilled hand. It's not something that you can just throw at people like people might ex- might expect. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. How would you mind running down the list for us? Yeah, sure. So. Look, guys, you're going to have to forgive me on the names of everything, but I'll give you kind of a very brief overview. So it's a battalion detachment. Um, and this is the list that I took to the BA, the Bay Area Open. So this specific rendition, we're looking at a battalion. We're looking for Dante as the Warlord. He gets a really cool Warlord trait that allows him to extend his aura by three inches, and which means he's like got the full Chapter Master rerolls. He's getting the rerolls of one. He gets an Epic Deed strategy for free, and he gives you a CP if he's your Warlord, um, which is all pretty cool clutch then what we've got is a sanguinary ancient and i gave him a warlord trait called rise of war to give him the rule of objective secured for that's an aura now basically in the blood angel book this is kind of like my apothecary but the benefit is i can give him a jump pack so i've got dante with a jump pack i've got my apothecary with a jump pack then i gave him a relic called the visage of death and the visage of death is a relic which gives the bearer minus one to hit and also an aura of enemy units lose obsec so he's kind of on my objective flipper. So obviously, Rights of War gives objectives secured to character and core units within six, and the Visage of Death removes it. Um, so that's that. And then we go into the troop uh, slots. We then got a unit of just regular Primaris Assault Intercessors. Um, obviously, you've got to take a Chainsword if you're a Blood Angel. Then I've also got two units of Incursors. One of these units has been upgraded to have a Relic which allows me to take quake bolts. And what that allows me to do is basically, I think it says that when you fell a unit, basically when you hit with this bolt gun, any Blood Angel unit that fights against that unit that's been felled gets plus one to hit in combat. So that's quite nice. And obviously, because I'm a Blood Angel, I get plus one to wound in combat. And then when I'm in my shock assault, 
doctoring i then get savage echoes which basically means i get an additional attack as well and then also let's not forget i get plus one advance and plus one charge um, as a blood angel as well which is all pretty cool so they're my troops and then we go on to the elites now the elites um i've maxed out elite slots uh we'll kick off with the three standard things that me and you uh, paul used to speak about uh, probably last time we spoke which was three units of sanguinary guard these have been a staple in my list from eighth edition this list is literally like an eighth edition throwback we've got three units of seven sanguinary guard and they've all got swords the reason why i took the swords is just obviously for the extra ap now with armor of contempt strength five minus three becomes minus four in the assault doctrine and then also um their damage two which isn't too bad sanguinary guard as well get plus one to hit when they're within six inches of the warlord which is obviously dante um and then i also have taken a sanguinary ancient so this is my character basically a standard bearer if a core unit dies within six of it then they can basically shoot on death or fight on death uh, on a four up it can give plus one to hit to a unit as well which is really nice uh, and then i've given this the wrath of bowel i believe is the relic is called and that gives me plus two to movement for jump pack units um, and that's an aura as well and then i take a Warlord trait called the Soul Warden. The Soul Warden gives me a five plus fill no pain against mortal wounds. And again, that's for Blood Angel units, which is great. So that's him. Then I've got my standard classic five death company models with jump packs and four of those have thunder hammers one model's just got a chainsword and remember those death company can move before the game which is why the incursors are in the list to sort of create myself a little pocket for them to move That's into forlorn yeah. fury is the name of the stratagem let's a pre-game movement happen and you get to go your full distance yeah for one cp for five models which is nice uh, so that's four of the slots, right? We've done... No, no that's five now. Because you've got the Ancient, you've got the three units of Sanguinary Guard, and obviously the Death Company. How big did you say those Sanguinary Guard squads were? All sevens. All sevens, nice. All sevens, yeah. Uh, I'm really basic when it comes to everything i do i like to everything to be the same so it, it creates a lot less uh sort of worrying about who's who and what's what when it comes to this it needs to be easy to remember um so then i've also got five assault centurions so blood angels just in general are very thirsty in lots of ways but also thirsty for for elite slots what, what have, you just said the word assault centurions I, I like i literally my jaw dropped i'm speechless right now everything was like blood angels blood angels blood angels blood angels Assaults and it's like the mic just dropped. What, what, what are these doing here? Right. So let's let's look at these guys. Right. So they got two plus save. They got four wounds. Toughness five. Strength five goes up to strength ten. They basically wound everything in the game on twos. They're flat damage three. They don't suffer a minus one to hit. They've got you know a flamer in each hand and hurricane bolts for nipples. I mean, what's not to like? Right. Four. Four is not to like. Uh, yeah. So they are a little bit slow. Okay. But the delivery system is. Left leg, right leg, or sometimes right leg, left leg. Because everyone says, what's your delivery system for the assault centurions? And I'm like, I just move in advance. That's it. Just start on the front line, wherever that might be. And remember, it's player place terrain. So I can always stick a bit of light cover, you know, right in front of me and just move forward. If you want to shoot me, carry on. They're probably not going to die. And obviously, because of the Bangor Ancient, I can buff them up in the rest of it. So I think there's some really cool, unique elements with this unit, right? Well, when do people have time to shoot at them? We'll get to this later on. I, I want you to make... Is, is that the, the sum total of the list, or do you have some other units? Oh, I've got one more unit. Okay, yeah, just mention that, and then we'll jump into the you know, the, the novelty of these. Now, Nick, Centurions. you might not have heard of this one either. Oh, boy. Assault Marines. Like regular assault marines from like fifth yeah. edition, tactical yeah. marine wearing a jump pack, bolt pistol, chainsword. 
Nick, yeah, yeah. he has assaultantaries in here. He doesn't have points for Van Garvets. <laughs> just, I want to make sure that everyone is on the same page about the models we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, six of those. And the sergeant, at five points left over, managed to find a lightning claw somewhere, and that's what he's rocking. You've made some novel choices with this army. Some really head scratches with this one. I'm still stuck on move force and chariots. Tell me how, tell, paint me a picture. How does this army play on the table? Five centurions, not four, five. I'm, I'm, my apologies. I can't get the number they, wrong. What is it, now, 340 points or something like that of centurions? Uh, 325. There you go. There uh, you go. You know, uh, yep, bargain. And I'm not going to, I mean, we can talk about how I'm going to tweak my list in the future, but these guys were absolutely phenomenal. We'll come on to that later. Um, but yeah, that's the list, basically. Yeah. I just can't even form words right now because of these assault centuries. If I can just theorize a bit, you know, because I, I would have never thought to throw them in the list because of, again, just all the, the variety that the Blood Angels want to take, you would think that they are deprioritized a bit, you know, because of point cost, because of movement, because Vanguard vets exist, because, you know, maybe you want more death company. I know you mentioned uh, CPB and your premium. We'll talk also about how you've just been kind of willy-nilly with your command points, which is something that, that won't really be an option later on. But did people find themselves just almost in like target saturation to where they never had time to deal with the centurions because you had so many other things up in their face a lot sooner yeah so essentially the kind of what i like to do with them is put them in the center of the table and when you start to break them down you think okay well actually they are the amount of wounds that they have and with armor of contempt now i can be sat in cover obviously that puts me on a essentially a one plus save and then we're looking for a minus, so even if you were hitting me with a minus four weapon, that becomes minus three. And then I go from my one up to a two up, three up. I'm on a four plus save, even if you shoot me with a multi-melter. So they actually become really survivable um, and they still get the benefits of the apothecary because that's infantry. And you have to kill the unit. And if you don't kill the unit, for one CP, I'm going to bring one back. And this is the real trick with the movement. So for all those people that shot one, you give me four inches of movement because when I bring a model back, I can place it within two inches and my base is just over two inches. So if I needed a, you know, after my movement, a 10 inch charge, now I need a six. And now all of a sudden becomes very, very reliable. And the way Quake Bolts works as well is that because this unit's not core, it doesn't benefit from any rerolls. So some of the, I always have to keep checking what's what works with core, what doesn't. When, you, when I fell a unit with the Quake Bolts, it affects any Blood Angel unit. So this unit can hit on twos, wound on twos. So although I can't reroll my ones, with the a, a amount of boatload of attacks they get, so they get three attacks base, they get plus one for charging, and they get additional for being a Blood Angel. So each model's rocking five attacks when I get to turn three. And to be honest, they pretty much get into combat by turn three. So that, you know, five inch move with the plus one to my advance roll, the minimum I'm moving is seven inches. That puts me even on a result of a one on my advance somewhere close to the middle of the table. And, you know, the average is what, like a three on your advance roll, maybe even with a CP reroll turn one might be useful just to get it into cover again. I, I like I definitely they, they hit super hard. No question in my mind. The quake bolt thing is quite clever because it works on them. I was actually gonna. I see a lot of redundancy is where I'm going with this. You have plus one to hit off of your sanguinary agent. You have plus one to hit off of your quake bolts. You have plus, you have chapter master from Dante. You've got three units of sanguinary guard, which are basically like flying terminators. Two up save infantry standing in cover. Get a one up save stacking with armor of contempt. You got Centurions, same idea, two up save, stacking cover, armor, contempt. Everybody's plus one wound because we're playing Blood Angels. Everyone's plus one attack and assault doctrine because we're playing Blood Angels. It's just the same buffs applied over and over and over to different units to make them insane. Um, 
How does this come together though? Like it's it's amazing units, but like how do they actually play on the tabletop? Okay, so the the list is built around its secondary picks originally. Um, and when I teach anybody about you know army list construction, I'm always I always say lean into a theme. So we look at play styles. I've got my very aggressive play style, um, and then I really lean into that. And then obviously, like we've said there, you you've started to unpick already some of the buffs that we can get in this list. Um, majority of the army will be hitting on twos, wounding on twos. Don't let me do the podcast for you, please. Feel free no. to cover it. <laughs> No, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you bang on there. And obviously at the time, the list was built around Stranglehold because I've got the ability to flip objectives with the objective secured and removing obsec from the apothecary. Now, that's fantastic on a middle objective because as long as I put that apothecary in the middle of the objective, it becomes non-impossible to take that off me. Um, and then obviously the apothecary is surrounded by his big buddies, which is the five assault centurions. So if you want to charge me, you're going to have to take a lot of overwatch. So that's a huge, huge ball of just death in the center of the table. Uh, and it's normally there by turn two. And then that stacks really, really well with um, Oath of Moment, where I've got to have a unit at the end of the game within the center of the table. Okay. And obviously they're there, they're not moving and they're going to be there at the end of the turn more often than not. And the great thing about that is I'm, I'm kind of leaning into this place that I want to hold the center of the table. I want to have my incursors and my backfield objective that I've got covered from the assault uh, intercessors. And then obviously I can put pressure on another unit. So I've got what I call my, my non-negotiable objective at the back. That's what I'm going to hold for the rest of the game. I'm going to fortify the center of the table and then I'm going to basically try and push you off another one. So I'll pick your, your weakest link and I'm just going to put all the sanguinary guard hitting that objective as hard as I possibly can and remove you from it. And that's typically what I'll do on most missions. And then the third and final secondary I would have taken was retrieve Nackman data. Again, I got some thoughts on how I'm going to change that. And that's why I've got that six man unit of assault, uh, because I can spend one CP to put them back in the sky and bring them back down again as well, which is fantastic for a late game, you know, fourth quarter, maybe I've killed enough stuff and I can just go, oh, I've got six Six out of seven sanguinary guard left. They'll just retrieve a Nackman for me in that final quarter as well. Um, no, no matter where they are on the table, you can pick them up and then bring them down. I mean, they still got to be you know outside of the, the normal range band yeah. exclusions, but by that time, there are very few enemy models on the table. Is it the same yeah. turn? Is it pick them and put them down in the same turn, or is it one next turn? Next turn. Got next it. turn. Um, so you know you've got to plan ahead for it, but you know there's a really good utility. And in my first, in all six games uh, that I played. At the BAO, I think I scored 97 in every single game. <laughs> Talk about consistency. Oh my God. Yeah, it's fantastic. The army plays so well. And I played against my run at the BAO was Chaos Knights game one. It was Chaos Knights and Demons. It's a bit of a mixture for some other bits and bobs. And then next game, I think was, I, I may get the order com- a little bit wrong, but I played against Hail of Doom Eldar twice. I played against Light Harlequins once. Uh, that's four games. And then I played against Nids twice. Uh, Kraken, is it Kraken Nids where they move real quick? So those Nids I played twice. And then I played in the uh, top eight round, I played against Behemoth Nids and then I played against Sisters. But at the end of day two at the BAO, I was, I was the only undefeated player um, before we going into the top eight with Blood Angels. I was like, this is nuts. So, you hear that, Nick? Uh, Halo Doom, boxed out twice. You see what I did there? Boxed out twice. Yeah. You're working on your puns, Paul. I'd love to see it. Harlequins also. Yeah, put up a ninety-seven. I I get it. He's he's got ninety-sevens on on my people, but you know what? I wasn't there. (laughs) 
the the assault centurions were really the man of a match in most of those games i would really say i mean even if i typically i think in every game i lost two but ended up bringing two back so i started with five went down to three finished with five and the amount of damage they do um you know we had a situation i think this happened on stream you know, I can, with my Hurricane Bolters, pick up a unit of Banshees. With my Flamers, pick up an entire unit of Dire Avengers and then just charge the next unit of Dire Avengers. Just the amount of, you know, just destruction they can do because they've got so many, you know, what, 60 shots, I think it is, with the Hurricane Bolters. Roughly the same again with the um, with the Flamers. Um, One of the questions I was going to ask is why not take Terminators with, like, Thunderhammers and Storm Shields and a bunch with Lightning Claws to make use of Armor of Contempt and just have this unkillable brick of Terminators that just more or less does the same thing but with more, even more bodies? But I, I guess you kind of answered it, in, in, or I'm assuming, that it's the versatility that the Centurions offer that they shoot also. Yeah, because nobody takes them. So i got to be a snowflake, Nick. I can't. Yeah, you know. At least you're honest. <laughs> you kind of put together a legitimate third wave. And, it, and I'll say that a lot of assault armies that I see, you know, had the pleasure of, of watching lots of games. You know, they, they can only kind of mount like two significant waves of trouble. Yeah. And if the, if the opponent can repel both of those waves, then they got nothing left in the tank. Yeah. I'm very excited Fantastic. to go through uh, some of your matchups over in part two along with how you plan on changing your army to account for the new Nephilim data pack. But as far as this army goes here, did you ever find like your, your go-to secondary suites, Stranglehold, Banners, and what was your last one, I'm sorry? Oath of Moment, the blooding, uh, the, oh, what did I say? Yeah, Oath of Moment, yeah, the Space Marine specific one, yeah. Yeah. Because I can normally kill a character or vehicle in most of those matchups, and I'm not falling back. I mean, that's just... Fall forward. It's just... Exactly. Um, and remember, the other one um, is don't fail a morale check. Now, the banner gives me plus one to morale. Dante gives me plus one to leadership as well. Uh, so the army's on leadership 10. So failing mor a morale check is very unlikely. Yeah. And obviously, I can always use the stratagem to ensure that I do it. Now, what, I, what I'm noticing with that secondary suite, Stranglehold is, is a great go-to, at least for the time being, because if you're playing Stranglehold, you're playing the primary. That makes sense. But things like Oath the Moment, that changes in value based on if you have first or second turn, because it checks at the yeah. end of the battle round. And also that plus Retrieve Knockman data can really force you to play a more aggressive style strategy. Now, I know you're playing Blood Angels, so we're going to be aggressive here. Paul tells me that every week. But do you ever find your secondaries and your army's natural tendencies force you to get aggressive? And some armies, like Sisters as an example... They love when people get aggressive right at them because they're trying to draw you in in the first place. So do you find yeah. you have to play into their strategy in a way? Yeah, I mean, when you've got a codex that is the age that it is, shall we say, there's no fight last in the book. There's nothing unique necessarily about the Blood Angels. It's a very one-dimensional army. Wait a so second. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to let that one go for the purpose of illustration for the answer to the questions. Music to my ears, Paul. He's, he's preaching the truth right now. Let him go. <laughs> but Paul... That one dimension is the best. It <laughs> it's like Ron Seal. It does exactly what it says in the tin. Okay, and I, and I, do you know what? I don't think I'd want to play it any differently anyway. I mean, even when I played Jesse on stream, I was like, look, we're playing on stream. We're in the top eight. I've got the right play, and I've got the play because we're on stream. And I was like, well, I'm going to go for the one that's on stream, right? I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, it's about creating entertainment. Is the Blood Angels do that in just in bags? You know, the list I played before this was 60 Harlequin troop infantry, you know, no boats, nothing, just everything was troops. It's my playstyle, it's what I love most. Uh, before that, I was sisters, 30 Zephyrin, and I would have put 30 Sanguinary Guard in that list as well if I could. It's just, I, I love the embrace of the playstyle, that is really cool. Let's see, you yeah. yourself. 
you know, because I think, you know, I love the movement phase and, you know, just making sure my pilings, my consolidations, that they win me games. Uh, model positioning, um, I can't fight last, but what I can do is base every single model with my assault marines and then put my unit within an inch, but not within half an inch of one of your models. Uh, so if you do make my big hitting, let's say, uh, uh, you know, death company, fight last. Okay, cool. Well, you can kill my assault marines, then my death company will kill you. So again, it's just having these options in the list or uh, using my characters for angel sacrifice to in- force you to kill my characters. Um, you know, you charge a big knight into my assault centurions. That's not a problem. Dante Heroclean Devines, you have to kill Dante. I think that's a lesser known blood angel trick that's super powerful. Yeah, so so absolutely fantastic. So what Angel Sacrifice is, is in the combat phase, I essentially make you, if I'm within engagement range, have to fight my character. Okay, so it's used on a character. Um, and if we're in engagement range, you have to fight the character. So against one big models like Hive Tyrants... Uh, all, all. It's not just fight the character. All attacks have to be diverted yeah. to the character. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like you can't just like say one model. Okay, cool. I've sat. I've checked off swinging at this at this character. It is. Yeah. It is. All attacks have to be diverted to that character. Absolutely. And because the sanguinary ancient has the sanguinary guard keyword, I can always boost his hurricane intervention to um, six inches as well, which is always quite nice. So I'm with my assault centurions. I'm not. I like. I like leaving. You know, my coherency is two inches between exactly, and I'm like just so I can fit my, you know, 32 mil bases in between them to either hurricane intervene with my um, characters or, um, you know, my sanguinary guard as well. So, uh, you know, everything's about positioning with me, moving my characters in the right place so they can just go in there and just sacrifice. Then the, um, you know, the, uh, the sanguinary guard can then hurricane intervene as well. So the unit you wanted to charge is not the unit you'll probably be fighting. Uh, that means I can start dictating the combats and then I can start using my pylons and my consolidates to then gain me extra movement. Um, so if you do charge the assault centurions you're probably giving me an extra at least three inches uh, of extra movement ready for my and if you did kill one then you've given me an extra four so they become incredibly fast around the table you know they were killing solitaires from overwatch they were um you know just picking up units of banshees left right and center from you know just the shooting phase or you know and, and it was just i think game one they killed 20 blood letters and then they killed two big chaos knights with ease i mean we're talking like overkill in this time the list worked fantastically and i had so much fun with it so um, i'm really looking forward to i recently ran blood angels at another rtt uh, here in the uk and i scored 300 points out of 300 with that list instead <laughs> um it was uh, tweak the list slightly i put the uh the sanguinor in he made an appearance because i recently painted sanguinius for my 30k army i was like i'm just going to stick him in so i you know dropped a few things around and then i've got another uh gt coming up here in the uk as well where i'm going to be running blood angels in a couple of weeks so yeah super excited about it but yeah um that's not you know not be around the bush the army does one thing but it does it so so well um, let's yeah. let's take a, a quick break then we'll come back and talk about some stratagems you know that you use things that you keep you know command points in your back pocket for and we'll maybe give a teaser about like how viable you think that's going to be after the switch so hang out with us for just a few seconds we'll be right back with steven box like what you're listening to be sure to check out the second part of this episode where we break down specifically how our guest plays against all the top armies in the game want even more awesome warhammer content check out the war room the war room You'll gain access to the minds of the best Warhammer players in the world with brand new content every single week. Join our amazing community, elevate your game, and enjoy your hobby more. 
Hey everybody, we are back just as promised. I do want to point out that there is the the Judicar from the Space Marine Codex that does give you a fight last, but he walks. Have you considered that, and then maybe why did you rule it out as, as a potential option? I mean, besides the fact you clearly don't need it, you're racking up mega points all over the place, but just as a curiosity. Um, so I nearly took Blood Angels to the LVO. Um, because one of my um, sort of non-negotiables when I travel to you know the states is that the army has to pack in a small case in a very I can literally fit this army in a laptop briefcase so um, it has to travel well and actually then I was looking at putting a Judaser in with the six-inch hurricane intervention warlord trait and also with a master crafted weapon now although he has a master crafted sword it, there's not there's nothing stopping you. Because it's not a relic, it's just, it's just his weapon. I did check with the the rules team and to say that yeah you can or the ref sorry uh, that yeah you can give him a mastercraft weapon. Back when uh, Thick City was a thing, I thought how do I get another damage three character in that can fight on death, uh, angel sacrifice, and like you said, Paul, it is an option for the fight last. But un- unfortunate thing is the assault centurions took his spot, so I'd have to drop. <laughs> Because he's an elite uh, choice. He's an elite. If he was a HQ, mate, he'd probably be in. I did consider, because back in 8th edition, I always used to run a Klux's Assassin. And I thought, do you know what? The Klux's Assassin could be a really nice pick here. Obviously, minus two to cast uh, within 18 inches. That's going to be great in the Nid game. I can put him at the front and he, you know, you can't mortal wound him. So, Neurophrobes. Is it Neurophrobes? Whatever they are. Venomphrobes. So, Throbes. Who knows? Who knows? Those throats, they're not mortal wounding the Klux Assassin, which is cool. So if you stand him at the front, nobody wants to shoot him because you have to hit him on sixes. And then obviously he's got that 2CP fight last. And that's an aura. Um, it's the strongest fight last in the game because it says even if you charged, you can still use it. So it doesn't just get away from the rare rules, which stipulates basically if you if you charge, you gain fight first and fight last just removes your fight first option. So therefore it defaults back onto the current non-playing turn. That, that's really cool. Yeah, it is a super fight last. So I did consider him, but again, it was 100 points and I thought... I needed the assault marines, but I probably should have dropped them and just put the clocks of assassin in for it. It would have been fantastic, as it would have really lent into the way that the army wanted to play. It would have helped me in the mid matchup a lot more. Um, so that's certainly a consideration I've made for future. Yeah, you're you're pretty set conceptually on your blood angels. You're just really uh, fine tuning like the details to it, like which actual units you're going to take after the preliminary sanguinary guard death company, that kind of thing. Yeah. What what makes you favor one unit over the other? And when you're down to like this level of technical understanding of your army? Um, so it's all about looking at your redundancies, right? So I found five centurions is too many. Four is fine, which then opens up the possibility of taking two units of four centurions. But anyway, so four centurions could be enough. Also, it helped with just moving the unit around. But what we're looking for is, can the unit do what I need it to do? So a unit of sanguinary guard, a unit of seven cannot kill a knight. Two units can. So seven's not enough, but in most other instances, seven is probably too much damage, especially because I can, I forgot to mention this with the uh, apothecary, um, I can actually put a unit in assault doctrine, and then I can spend a CP to put an additional unit in the assault doctrine as well. Um, In sanguinary guard, get rebase, plus one for charging, plus one being a blood angel, five attacks each, it's great. And because of the sword to strength five, they're wounding most things in the game on at least fours, at the very, very worst fours, which is just a fantastic sweet spot. So if you've got transhuman, I just don't care, I'm wounding on fours anyway, and Anything that's not toughness six or more is going to be on threes, which is great. So again, 
it's just making sure that you've got the right redundancies in the list. Do I need five assault intercessors? No. Five tactical marines will be straight in because they've got one job, sit on a backfield objective and just stay there. You know, the unit of incursors, the, the quake bolts, that's probably going to get dropped. Uh, we'll go on to, you know, further list tweaks and stuff. But the, because more often than not, I've rolled a two. I can re-roll ones because of Dante, but not when you roll a two. And it's not worth a CP spend because the assault centurions, even hitting on threes, kill most things anyway. Um, so, again, it's just looking at those fine tunes thinking, right, in a few games, I regretted taking R&D and I could have gone for a much better killing base secondary like Assassinate. I regretted taking R&D against the sisters. I should have took Assassinate and I would have won the game. Um, that, been that's a such team. a, not to second guess yourself, you know, because that's such a trap because, or it could be because once you take Assassinate, that then influences how the opponent will behave, you know, so easy to look back but it's you know potential for any would-be generals out there the the really evaluate that can your opponent choose to play without their hqs in this situation that's a good yeah, I, and you know what that would be the exact same advice i would give with the exception of blood angels and maybe my harlequin list because it's so fast there is they can't no get escape. away from you yeah. you cannot get away from a 14 inch move sanguinary guard it's gonna catch you and because of the jump pack it's so hard to screen it out you know farces on skyrunners i'll catch them you know they, they just can't get away fast enough and if they do start to backline these characters then they're giving me board control so that's going to make their then choice of maybe playing the mission how they want you know much more difficult so um if we look at some of the common list builds bring it down is very viable which i you know i took in a couple of the games a ball the witch i took so there are some better options in that out there i think rather than taking r&d because i just hate doing actions i just want to fight <laughs> i love that right there with you yeah yeah did you ever find you because you didn't have many like small skirmishing units land speeders storms four-man servitors two-man company vets nothing like that do you ever find you were missing like some throwaway unit to just go out there and be a screen or to go out there and grab a stranglehold turn one anything like that not really no um I've got the incursors that, you know, they're pretty much my screen for when I need them. Pricey toss away unit, you know, your 105 just to stand there and die doesn't feel great. No, yeah, but I think what else do you do? I mean, aside from putting like Voidsman of Arms in or. No, have you tried it? I'm just suggesting. Um, The Land Speed of Storm. Well, I mean, how many points is that? It's 55. Yeah, I think 60 points or something if you give it a weapon or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I could, but I don't well, think I needed it. If I can, you know... Yeah, seriously. Yeah, theorize on this a bit is that what Blood Angels and then other, like, assault-based armies... And I, I have to imagine that Space Wolves kind of act this way. Also, is that where other armies rely on shooting to take... Or shooting or psychic powers to take people off objectives, the Blood Angels replace what's there. So they swoop in, they tear up everything in close combat, and they just happen to be standing on the objective. That's a great point, too. It's not just like you're shooting someone off objective. If you are taking the objective in the same swoop. And you've got to remember that I want to get my assault centurions at the front of the army. That's really like the role that they play. So my assault centurions are my screen um, and they do benefit from the five plus feel no pain from soul warden as well. Uh, so if you are mortal wounding me, then, um, you know, typically I'll have the incursors up in front, you know, and I'm just fishing for fives if it's less of got a malaceptor or something. And remember the incursors, one CP, I can make them minus one to hit. 
uh, with the smoke. And then one CPI can transhuman them if they're touching cover. And I'll normally string a model back so it's within uh, three inches to get the six plus feel no pain from the apothecary. So they are 105, but I do think that they... It, it, it can take quite a lot to shift them. And normally, if somebody wants to get like their small arms fire, and if we think about most small arms in the game, they're 24 inches, right? At best, normally like 18, you know, 12 inches for that small arms fire to, you know, really be useful into these units, then they're bringing their army closer to me. That makes turn two guaranteed charges. This is, I think, the issue that the Eldar armies had was as soon as they're in range, then they're dead the turn after. So I give them a turn to kill me and I threat saturate. I'm like, right, you'll kill something. You might kill a unit of Sangrini Guard. You might even kill two, you know, or you might kill half of my Assault Centurions in, you know, a unit of Sangrini Guard. But then this is my turn and I'm making every single charge. With everything dedication. left, yeah, and some, and, and that's how I really faced against the Hail of Doom was just threat saturation. So, yeah, I just don't like the. I, it, I don't know. If there's there's something about the theme of the army as well. I'm like assault moons are cool. I got assault intercessors. I got assault centurions. If it's got assault in it, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You know, I was so, going to ask about the whirlwind and like why you didn't go for a fight last op piece like that, but you've already answered it. It, it doesn't assault. <laughs> it, if it was an assault whirlwind, I might think about it. I can't tell if you're memeing or if it's just like stylistically. But honestly, I, I can't have to have an army that I look at and go, that looks sick. And I can't wait to like, like my, like my angel army that I wanted to run was, you know, Celestine, 30 Zephyrin, Sanguinor, 30 Sanguinary Guard. I just wanted an army of angels. You know, I like to create these lists that people look at it and go, are you been sniffing glue, Steve? You need to stop. You need to put that down. It's not cool. And then they play it and go, okay, I did not know that was about to happen. I'm like, yeah. Genuinely, if you showed up and we got paired around whatever of a tournament and you showed up with a bunch of assault centurions and what is otherwise a normal blood angel list, I don't even know what I would think. I don't mean, like, what is he? Got in the bag. Easy points. <laughs> easy points. Yeah. Easy money. This guy flew Already posted on Twitter. To show up with assault centurions. What's going on here? Yeah. We're, I know it's it's hard to kind of pump the brakes, but we've which because this army just doesn't do that. But we're running a show our own time. We got to hear about some, and we've I know we've we've been some some stratagem talk within the confines of the conversations, but which has been great. But are there any stratagems or, or that you just like keep in your back pocket? You know that I have to reserve a couple of CPs for a certain stratagem or a series of stratagems to really swing things in your direction. This is our brutal but cunning segment on the show. Okay, so a stratagem that I love using, and I bet nobody uses this one. When I surround a unit and they want to fall back, I roll a dice for every single model that's in combat or an engagement range. For each roll of a six, there's a mortal wound. Cut them down. Yeah. You actually, so I have been, I lost a demon prince on one wound against Blood Angels, actually, because <laughs> I survived some sanguinary guard combat. It was like two sanguinary guard, and they left my prince on one wound, and then I fell back. And then they chop my ass up with uh, cut them down. So ever since then, I'm very weary of these blood angel tricks. Here's, here's the thing: right? I played against my other BT coach, Michael, in the final with this RTT's playing Chaos Knights. Charge in, Chaos Knight, one wound left. I've got eleven models in combat. He's like, "Cool, I'm gonna fall back." I'm like, "Even if he falls back, I'm like, well, I use the stratagem, cut them down. Let's fish for a six. Oh, got a six. Kill your knight. That's and fair. he did say. And in his command phase, he spent two CPs to put it on full bracket. Oh, Ooh, oh he's playing a Nurgle knight, so. He- yeah, and I and I mean I said to him I was like Michael, just want because like we didn't know when you played the CPs. You know, like some strats are like you use it when you fall back or whatever. 
Yeah, you know, there's it, timing. There are some stratagems do have timing involved. It's actually, a command phase, and then later on, he had no choice but to charge his other big knight in. Had three wounds left, and I had twelve models in combat. And I thought it's worth it. I mean, statistically, I'll roll two, might roll three, roll four. Cool, that knight's dead too. So I think you know some of these stratagems that we overlook are in the core rulebook. They are two CPs auto pass morale. I always say swap vps for cps if there's ever in a situation i can give you some of my cps to guarantee victory points i'll absolutely do that every time obviously we spoke about angel sacrifice interrupt a combat i will use that every single game if i've got two cps i am in for the win um one cp heroic intervention one cp bring back a model so you know there's only really maybe five stratagems in this book that i'm really utilizing um and the rest are you know just core rule book stratagems right well, having most of your army be assault based, it's it's almost you're never going to not have two or more units in assault, like in yeah. close combat. I've got to yeah. ask the elephant in the room question before we move on to part two, which I am super excited about. Have you ever, and I just mean like very vaguely here, have you ever considered the shooting phase? And jealous oh. bolt guns? Come on, man. <laughs> you mean it goes movement? Charge face. I, I just, you know, sometimes you might need to clear a screen or someone's really far away on an objective in the open. You just want to shoot him and you just can't. Like, does that ever suck for you? Steven, get him to respect the Angelus bolt guns. They, they're not bad, are they? You know, next to Dante, hit on twos, strength four, minus one, one damage. I mean, two shots each. That's two shots each? Shots. Are, are you not advancing these things? Like, who are we kidding? They're advancing or they are charging. They're not. What are they shooting these bolters? Is that real? They, they're assault. They are assault. Okay, that does So happen. you can assault. Get plus one to hit. Ignore the minus one with the rerolls. It's all right. Sometimes it pains me to actually shoot the hurricane bolt within the flamers. I'm like, oh, you've got an armager though. I probably should because I can do a lot of damage, but I just can't be bothered to pick up that many dice and roll it um, unless it's like Dire Avengers Banshees. I mean, against the Harlequins, I just went, cool. That unit of bikes are getting flamed. That unit, they're a trooper getting hurricane bolted, and I'm going to charge that unit of bikes. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of dead models. I don't like the shooting phase. I feel you on this answer. I just had to ask it. But it's because my army plays in two phases or three, if you include in the actual charge phase itself. Because I always think you want to maximize your time thinking. The more time you can spend thinking and the less doing, you're going to make the correct decision. And you only need to make those decisions you know, the correct decision. I always talk about like, the 80-20 principle. You want to do 20% of effort for 80% reward. And my entire life is on that ethos. 20% effort, 80% reward. Because spending that 80% of your time rolling dice and the rest of it is not probably going to net you that much extra benefit, right? So I'd rather sit and wait and take five minutes of my time just sitting and thinking before I even do anything. Because if I make the right movement phases and the correct charges in the right order, I'll do everything I need to do. You know, we've got five turns. If I'm just trying to, you know, shoot all my guns because I could table you at turn three, I can take my time a little bit more. You have a much more interactive game with me. And, you know, we're just not rolling buckets and buckets of dice for the sake of it. So I do like a streamlined, simplistic game plan um, especially when i'm at a tournament where i'm suffering from severe jet lag four hours of sleep a night you know and no exercise poor nutrition it's not good so i need an army that essentially is like you know like i know that like the back of my own hand i don't want to overcomplicate it i dig that yeah for real 
Yeah, th- thanks for the explanation and, and walking us through it. Let's go ahead and pause right now. I want to remind everyone this is part one of a two-part conversation. If you're just joining us for part one, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us some five-star reviews. That's kind of like a hassle-free way to interact with the show. So people also, you know, it probably likes messes with the algorithms to let other people know to find us and that kind of stuff. So they come and join on this part. Really appreciate that. Those five-star reviews help keep us going. We're going to take one break. And for the subscribers, we'll see you on part two. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.